Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this opportunity. Thank you for your grace and mercy, your truth. Uh, thank you for never leaving us uh, in our time of trouble. But when we're struggling, when we're out there and we didn't know who you were, uh, you made a way uh, that we may have a relationship with you. And we appreciate that so much. We were so far away, but now we're so close to you. Thank you, Lord. In all our weaknesses and shortcomings, you still loved us. We praise and magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. First of all, I want to thank everyone for coming out today. And I'm honored again uh, for this great day, uh, this Sunday, <coughs> November 20th will be a uh, day to always be remembered. Uh, uh, Dad, I appreciate you so much taking time out of your schedule to come and baptize your daughter. That meant the world to me. But it meant even more to her and even more to God. Uh, and just to look at the audience and the response uh, meant uh, the world to me. Um, uh, one in Christ. One in Christ. Uh, we're going to be teaching um, in, in D'Angelo. Uh, I got my notes. It, the screen only has my first slide. So. <laughs> uh, but I'm good. So turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians, uh, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter, starting at verse 11. Um, let's talk about uh, the importance of all of us, and remember, for God so loved the world uh, that he gave his son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Uh, God's mission and his goal was really to bring all of us into relationship with him. He wanted all humanity, uh, as his plan was for, from the beginning, to really be up under his umbrella. He wanted us to run this world as a team and as a family. He wanted us to love each other and care for each other. Knowing that each one of us have faults, or faults and flaws and uh, um, has issues in our life, uh, but he sent Christ uh, because he wanted you all to know and he wanted me to know and the world to know that despite your shortcomings, I still love you. And I want to have a relationship with you. And even though you're broken, uh, I don't care. I love you, right? And so Jesus Christ's mission was to show you God with skin on him, right? So when the word in John, when he said the word became flesh, that means when God spoke things into existence, he spoke it. Now God wanted to manifest himself, so he incarnated himself in human form, and Jesus Christ, which was the son of God, became human. So the word became flesh. So when God will speak things in existence, now Jesus comes, and now you get to see God in person, in the person of Jesus Christ. And he wanted us to see uh, the love of God in person, in real time, in history, right? And he wanted all of us to know, despite the religious community, right, that despite uh, what they thought about people who was far from God, God still loved them. So Jesus often had relationship with people that the religious community would have nothing to do with, right? Because they really did not understand who God was, right? And they was really worshiping a form of God. 
right? But they didn't really understand who he was. So Jesus had to come and show them, man, who God really, really was and what God really, really represented, right? And he wanted us to know that he represented love, right? So uh, when you deal with the Old Testament, there was a group of people called the Jews who came out of Abraham. Uh, uh, and those Jews uh, uh, really felt like uh, they were God's chosen people, and they were, right? Uh, but the problem you had was you had a lot of Jews who did not care for people, man, who did not have a relationship with God or who did not believe like them. So everybody who was not a Jew, they almost discriminated against them and called them Gentiles, right? And so the Gentiles were anybody that was a non-Jew, right? So you had this group of people that who was religious, who was supposed to have this relationship with God, and they were so holy and so righteous, but they really excluded everybody else. Well, Jesus comes on the scene, and he closes the gap, right? And he does something. Uh, he takes the people who the religious community thought was nothing, uh, who really didn't know who God really was, uh, and he took them and he married them together, uh, and they became one in Christ, right? And so understand something. The Jews and the Gentiles became a new people, and those people who accepted Christ and who God was in the flesh became one group of people, and they were the group of people that God wanted to use to change the world, right? So uh, in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 11, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, now, listen to Paul as he writes to the church of Ephesus, and we're going to try to contextualize it for you all today. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders, right? You Gentiles used to be outsiders. You had no relationship with God, Gentiles. I want you to understand, God loved us. He didn't really care anything about you all at one point, right? He says, you were called uncircumcised, right, heathens. Right? By the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. They were proud because the circumcision was a sign uh, that a covenant promise man between God and humanity. But God told the Jews, I want you to uh, circumcise everybody. Uh, I don't care who they are. They was your slaves or whatever they were. I want you to circumcise them so they can be in a covenant agreement with me as well. Right? But the circumcision was a sign to every single person all right, that they had a relationship with God. Now, the problem was they really emphasized circumcision to the point, man, where they really excluded a lot of other people if you was not circumcised, right? So then he says, he said, you were uncircumcised heathens, all right? Heathen was somebody who had nothing to do with God. The problem was a lot of the Gentiles in that day really did not understand who God was, and they did not have this relationship with God, right? And so... Because they didn't practice the way the Jews practiced, the Jews did not care much for them like we are today. A lot of people today who are born-again believers are Christians, man. We shun people, man, that's not saved. And we tell them that you need Jesus. That's what we tell them. All right? Because you don't know who Christ is, and you need Jesus in your life. And if you want to be a part of us, you got to accept Jesus into your life. Otherwise, you are a heathen and you're nothing until you accept Jesus into your life, right? Now, he said they were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. 
It's important to understand something. They, they, they had this uh, proud, arrogant spirit, man, because they got circumcised, and they felt like if I don't care really how we live, as long as we get circumcised, we were in a relationship with Jesus Christ or we were in a relationship with God. So they got circumcised, but their heart was still wicked, right? Just like some of us. We accept Jesus Christ in our mouth, but our behavior doesn't change, right? And so we go around making people feel like we're all of this and a bag of chips, when in reality, man, we're, we're not even the bag that the chips are in, right? Uh, because it's really not about you going around telling everybody you accept Jesus Christ. It's really about you loving people. It's got to be evident, man, in your walk and in your talk. It's not enough to tell everybody, man, I believe that uh, Jesus is the son of God and I believe him so much. We say that we really give our life to him, but the evidence of us giving our life to him is the way we love people and the way we treat people that's far from God. Now, it's important to understand that the people that's far from God, they are extremely important to God, extremely important to God. I want you to understand that. The people that's out there who have not accepted Jesus Christ, they are extremely, extremely important to God. So much so, God saved you to help save them. He changed your life, man, so you can go help save them. So you can't look at them like they're nobody and they're not anything because you are responsible for making sure that they get on the team so they can help win other people to Christ. And that's how we change the world. Right? So Paul was telling us this. A lot of you all are bragging about all this here. But remember, you were once that too. You was not always saved. You, you, you didn't always accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You was just like that before until God came into your life and made a transformation well, on the inside and he changed your heart. Right? I want you to understand that. That's important when we, when we contextualize everything because uh, we got to change the dynamics of the world. And the only way we can change the dynamics of the world, man, we have to change our heart. We need a heart transplant. I need my heart transformed. I need something working on the inside and let it be manifested on the outside. That's extremely, extremely important. You can't keep on doing what you're doing. Once you accept Christ into your life, there should be a sign, and the sign is your life and your righteous living. Amen? So he goes on to say this. In those days, you were living apart. Now, he's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to a group of people who really did not know who God was at time, but God has saved him. He says, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You live in this world without God and without hope. You were doing you. At one point in your life, you were out there just doing you, young people. You were out there, man, just having a good time, living the life, whatever. And then God interrupted your life and brought Jesus into your life. And that's, that's important to understand that one time you were there. Right? So don't get high and mighty. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I was telling the, the gentleman a story about a dear friend of mine, uh, 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 Bishop uh, Dennis McMurray. He passed away. And uh, 
and he passed when he passed away uh, people got up at the funeral and they were giving stories and it was this leading pastor in Grand Rapids that came to this event and uh, and he had these ugly shoes on and it was a very eloquent event and Dennis said man why did you wear those ugly shoes with your and you're such a significant pastor right he said that's some ugly shoes and he didn't want the man embarrassing shoes so he had some thousand dollar gators on Right? So he took his $1,000 gaiters off his feet, put them on the feet of this pastor, and he walked out the event barefooted. Right? Now, uh, he wasn't trying to sell Jesus. He wanted them to know where he was because he remembered, and the guy came up right after him and gave the story when the elder said, I remember when we got ordained together. This is Pastor McMurray's story. And he says, man, I'm so glad that they didn't ask me to kneel down and pray at the altar. He said, because I had holes in the bottom of both my shoes, and I had stuffed them with newspaper so my feet wouldn't get wet. He had one suit, and he had wore so much, he had wore the inside of his legs out, and he kept sewing the inside of his legs, his, his pants together. Uh, that's where he was. Right? He said, and so that's where you were. So you can't, now that you're wearing thousand dollar gators, don't you think you're somebody special now? And he was reminded that, uh, thank God, I remember where I came from. I want you to remember what God did for you. When you was far from God, you didn't know which way to go, and you didn't know how you was turning, and God saved you. And he delivered you. Or he healed you. Right? And he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? He says, and you live, but you lived in the world without hope. It just seemed like there was nothing going on, and it just seemed like... You was doing you, and then God came in and interrupted him. Then he says this, but now you have been united with Christ. Now you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, right? Now you Gentiles now have became part of this walk of faith. He says, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Because of what Christ did at Calvary, now we all have a relationship with him. He said, we're different now. You're on the outside. Now you're on the inside. Right? Now, listen to me. Now you're on the inside. Now you're part of this thing. And now you are responsible for those who are on the outside and do whatever you can to show them the love of God so they can come on the inside. He says this. But Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united the Jews and the Gentiles into one people. When it, uh, in his own body... On the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. At one point, man, we were separated or we were different from the people that was in the world. But God took some of us that was out there. He broke down the wall of hostility. We came together and we became a part of this great, big, awesome, magnificent, wonderful, glorious family called the church. And we represent his body. Right? But don't forget and don't ever, ever let anybody tell you anything different. Right? You were saved to help save. You, you, you were saved to help save. He saved you and he gave you his love so you can show his love. That's extremely important. So now you're part of it. He said, now the wall has still been torn down. He said, he did this by ending the system of law. Uh, with the commandment and the regulation. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. What he did was 
there was a group of people, there was a system that was out there that was so messed up and so jacked up, uh, the guy had to rip it up, the guy had to tear it up, the guy had to bring in the system and show a new system called the kingdom. And the kingdom was the kingdom, it's, about, it's not about them or about you, it's about him. And he wants us to understand that everything belongs to the king. And you got the great, grand opportunity, man, to be a part of this royal family. He says, and understand who you are. Now don't, you know how some people, man, they get high and mighty once they're there. And say, my daddy is. Well, my daddy is the king. Right? And since my daddy is the king, I'm going to act like he's the king. And I'm going to reflect my father who's the king. And since I'm reflecting him, how am I going to reflect him? By loving people who's far from him. And I'm going to go to them. And I'm going to tell them, man, how my dad wants to adopt them into this awesome family. And he want to be a blessing to you. He know you've been struggling, and he want to help you. He know you're sick, and he want to heal you. He know you're addicted, and he want to deliver you. My father loves you. And he want to love the hell out of you. And I want you to know my father want to be there for you. Right? My dad is different. You know, I'm telling you, you're going to like my dad. You ought to really come over to my dad's house. Because I tell you, when you get over here, my dad's just going to love. I'm telling you, he's different. And my, he said, I, my dad said, I ain't never seen anybody that's righteous. They, I ain't never seen him hungry. He says, and my, listen, my daddy let you know, everything that's going on is working together for your good. It's going to turn out all right for you. I'm telling you, man, you want to be a part of this family, man. He said, man, can I spend the night? Can I come over? I said, you come, and you ain't going to never want to go back. Right? And then all of a sudden, you come in, and you all excited. You said, man, you got to come over. Man, listen, man, you got to go over to his house, man. You know. Why can't I come over to your house? Well, is, is, your, your daddy don't live with you? Oh, yeah, he do. Why don't you come over to my house? And we're going to have a great time together so you can meet my father. Right? So now I got a different mentality. I know you out there struggling. I know you having some issues. I know it's terrible in your home. I know things are bad. I know you lost your job. I know you're upside down. I know you're sick and they don't know what's going on. I know they don't want to give you any insurance. I know they want to lay you off your job. But my daddy says he's going to take care of you. Because my dad said if you come and be a part of us, everything else is a byproduct of this kingdom. He said you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. What clothes you gonna wear? He's cause my daddy gonna take care of you. He said, "Man, you playing, man? Don't play. Cause I come over your house with you and spend the night. Well, come on. Now I'm not gonna let you come over my house, man, and then not let you in. Cause some people say, man, come. I don't, but you get to some people's house and get there and they act so funky when you get there. You can't sit on certain furniture. You know they they get there they start treating you a little different." He said, man, I hate I even came over here. But not him. But listen, you got to understand that your daddy's house is different. You can go in the refrigerator and get what you want in, your, in my house. What? I'm telling you, man, my dad got you like that. Right? And, and that's, listen, and that's important. These Gentiles were like, really? Well, I'm going to see. And they came and they joined. And then when they accepted Christ, man, their life changed. They will open up, man, to all of God's promises. 
and he promised, he said, there's nothing that you would ever go through in life that he does not have the answer for. I know it looks bad for you. All the bullying and all that. God got people at school just to look out for you. When you give your life to him, he got some people to take care of the bullies. They'll come and tell him real nice, leave my friend alone. Right? So you, as a believer, have a major responsibility to represent your father. You have a major responsibility. So he says, this is what he says. I want to read the 16 again. He says, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. Now the issue we had, we don't have those issues no more. People that's out there that's not saved and all that. Listen, how many people know some people, man, you don't want to have nothing to do with, and when they got saved, man, you said, man, they different. Don't raise your hand. I know you want to raise your hand, but don't raise your hand, right? Here's the thing. When you start showing people love, you start to see a different side of them, right? But when you hostile, you're supposed to represent God, but you're hostile, and you're saying you're part of this family of Christ, and you're supposed to be saved, but yet you're acting worse than they are. Something's wrong with that. Why is Satan trying to get you to act different? You don't understand that all this is ours together. Everybody said together. Together we would never, ever be without. If you don't have it, I do. If I don't have it, you do. Right? And we're going to always operate in that way. Now, so when, they, when, you, when you look at it, and the people that was far from God, these Gentiles, they had accepted Jesus Christ and his teachings and when they did it, God changed their life. Those who God forgive the most, love the most. For those who God forgive the most, love the most. Some of us know, man, we were so far. We were so far. And because of what he did, I will always love you. You got to remember that. You got to remember where you were when you when you was out there and you did not have a relationship with God, and now you do. And look where you are. Some of you are living in houses that you could not even afford to live in. Some of you guys got jobs you know you're not qualified for. But God qualified you for it. God gave you homes when they didn't want to open the door for you. He blessed you. He gave you a wife you know you didn't deserve. I know he, I got one. Did nobody believe when they said, I didn't was marrying Stu, man. They said, she didn't mess up. I told her I got saved. When I got saved, we're on the same playing field. And it all worked together. Right? And, and so, and the beauty of it is that, that now we think alike. And we care like. And, and if we represent God like that, maybe we wouldn't have enemies. I wouldn't hate you and dislike you because I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. 
I'm not going to hurt my brother or sister because I know the rules. I know the rules of the game because it's written in his word. So I don't deviate from it. So now these people who spy from God, I need to make sure they get it so now I can leave my doors unlocked. But I have to lock my doors if I don't think you're saved. And, and so I want to make sure that I do whatever I can to show you the love of God. Because some of you all were thugs. I promise you, some of you all, you, you, if, if they knew the truth, some of the stuff that you got away with that don't nobody else know you was doing. It doesn't, make, it doesn't matter what, how your family, how much money your family had, it did not matter. Some of you all did some raggedy things in your, and you thank God that God did not expose you. And now, and when you accept the Christ, you don't do those things no more. Now, I really want everybody to stand up. If since you accepted Christ in your life, some of the things you used to do, you don't do no more. Don't tell me what they were. Just stand up if it is something. Some of the things, some of the things, not everything. Hey, amen. Look around, everybody. Hey, amen. You all may be seated. I want you to see you in good company. We're in good company, right? And, and so he's trying to let the Gentiles know, and we want the people to know that's out there, man, who's, who's on the fence, trying to figure out, man, should I really accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Should I really become part of the church? You ought to tell them, yes, you ought to be a cheerleader for the Lord. But this is the best thing ever, right? And so then he goes on and says this. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him. And peace to the Jews who were near. So now he brought this information. Some of you guys, he brought this information to those who were far from God, who didn't know. And some of you all who really knew who God was, he had to reveal it to you even the more. I just want you to understand this. Right? Today is going to be a different day. When you leave it today, man, you're going to be a different person. So you're going to walk different today. We, we are part of a royal family. You're part of a kingdom, right? And, and since you're part of a kingdom, you got access to everything. I don't mind sharing with you because you can't get what belonged to me. And I'm not jealous of you, right, because my daddy is the king. So I don't have to be jealous of anything you do because my father owns it all. When my father owns it all, why do I need to be jealous of what you're doing? Whatever your gift and your time. My dad gave it to you just like he gave it to me. So now, instead of me being jealous of you, I'm going to lift you up and build you up and try to get you to get what I got. Right? Because if I, if I can lift you up, you're going to lift some others up. The world is a better place when we really walk for Christ. Amen? So he says, in verse 9, he says, now all of us, not some of us, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. Now, all of us got direct access to God because of what Christ did. When God came into the earth and he died on the cross, he gave us all direct access to God. We all, now, we all can come directly to him. That, that means something. So, so now, 
I mean, I got direct access. So now if there's an issue going on, I can go directly to him. Now I can tell the person who's far from him, listen, I know you're struggling. I know it's tough, but I know a man that can change your life. No, man, no, I promise you don't know how bad my situation is. I promise you because I was there. I was in the same situation you was in, the same situation. And I was in a situation, I didn't know which way I was going to turn, I didn't know which way to go, and he changed me. He saved my life. He gave me another lifeline. Right? Now, so it's important for us to understand, when, so when Paul is talking to these Gentiles, the people that's far from God, and telling them, say, hey, now you Gentiles, understand that because of Jesus Christ, now we are one family. What God wants you to understand is that the people that's far from Christ is very important to him. The people that's far from God is very, very important to him in the kingdom. He got some work that need to be done, and he needs them to help him. And he's given them some resources, and he's given them some gifts, and given them some talents, but they don't realize that he had given it to them. You need to remind them what God has done for them. Right? He said, and just do it in a loving and caring way. Because people hear you when you genuinely love them. People, no, nobody want to hear from you when you think you high and mighty and you so self-righteous. And you, you just, you don't understand who Jesus is. And I really don't want to know who he is. But don't let me love you in the process. If I show you the love, you might give me your ear. That's why you can't beat people down and slap them and kick them and all that. Because nobody hears you when they hurt. Right? So now you got these people, man, we call them Gentiles, but we're going to call these people the people that's out there that's far from God. And I want you to make a commitment to go into them that's far from God and love them back to God. And all you have to do is do your part. And your part is when they're in your presence, when they have a, a conversation with you, don't let Satan use you, man, to try to destroy them. And don't let the devil use you to make you more self-righteous than they are. Because if the truth be told, man, you're, not, you're dealing with some stuff in your life right now. And so don't, don't go and, and, and look at somebody and think you're better than. Right? You got to go with the whole mentality that, man, this person uh, need help. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Briggs, I, I, I just, the girl just struggling at home. I, I just need to know, man, it's going to be all right. Just, if you can just get to class today. And if you're having problems, just stop by my office. Dr. Briggs, I can stop by your office? Yes. For real? Yes. That's all I needed. So now I got to connect. So now she get to be Jesus with skin on. So when the girl come in or the guy come in, all she got to do is look, it's going to be all right. Let me give you the resources that can, because God gave me the resources or access to the resources to give you. So you, you don't have to have that. You just have access to the resources. You don't need, so you know somebody that knows somebody. And, and God put you in contact with them, but you got to show them, you got to want, you got to generally want to see them succeed. Some of us want to see people fail. I hope God strike them down.
Kill them in their boots. Just kill them where they moving. I hope they kind of slide off the road. I hope they, I, we, we, we do that, right? And, and we want something bad to happen to them, right? Now, just imagine this. You telling your daddy, I want you to kill your kid. That's what you told your daddy. Daddy, I, I, let them, let the house burn down, daddy. Let them lose their job. I hope, I hope they lose, daddy, help them lose their job. Let their wife walk away from them. Let their husband walk. Come on, daddy. You like, are you playing with me? You want me to do that to my child? And do what for you? I want you to bless me, though. Make sure I got enough. But I want you to take everything away from them. I want them to lose everything. But give me all mine. When I know, he will gently remind you, do you remember when? When I had mercy on you. The reason I had mercy on you, because there's going to be a time when you need to have mercy on somebody else. And when you have mercy and grace on somebody else, watch this here. You win them. Most people in the church, man, is because of the little thing you did. It's the little thing. You, it wasn't a big thing. It was the little thing you did. That's why they hear people leave the church because of the little thing you did. Uh, one girl said she not come back because she didn't speak to me. And you didn't do it on purpose. I don't know why she thought I was going to speak. Because you represent the king. And if you knew Satan had them, why would you join in with him? Ooh. I said something then. Because I'm saved. I know they ain't no, I know they ain't no good. So I'm going to help Satan take them down. And, and, and I'm going to tell somebody else, girl, I wouldn't speak to her either. As I represent the king. So you told your you call, you call your father up on the phone, and you told him, I'm going to get ready to close. I got two minutes. Listen, you call your father up on the phone and say, Daddy, I want you to know, um, uh, you know, sister, you don't call sister, you call my name. Sister, uh, you know, she did so-and-so, but Daddy, you really ought to just whoop her because she was in school, and she did this here. And Daddy says, and what did you do? What, what, what do you want me to do about you? Thank you. What? what, what Okay, I'm going to give her a whooping. As soon as she get home from school, I'm going to whoop her. All right? But I just want you to know I saw you. I saw you behind I saw you behind the stairs when you thought nobody saw you. I, I, I saw you on the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. I saw what picture you sent. You thought nobody else saw. You know you told me to delete it before anybody else see it. But you want to expose, so dad, I want, because you got to remember, they're his children too. So instead of us trying to hurt people, we know Satan got them, we need to put our arms around them and tell them because they don't really know where he at yet, then let me show you what he looked like. And then I'm going to love you through this process. I'm going to put my arms of protection around you and love you through the process. And you want to see a church change, you want to see a people change. You want to see something transform. You want to see a work environment change. 
represent God in the church in your work environment. You want to see the school halls change, kids? Change the way you act in the school. You want to see the cafeteria change? Watch what you say in the cafeteria while you're talking about all the other kids. Why you, well, you don't want God to say anything to you. And then as soon as somebody says something to you, you get all worked up and bent out of shape. When our responsibility is to love people. So Paul was telling the Gentiles, as I close, we are no longer two, we are now one. God sent his son into the world, man, to make us one. Some people are far away, but I want you to do whatever you can with every ounce of power that I've given you to bring them into being part of the family. Ladies, I, I don't like getting I don't like to embarrass kids for what happened to me when I was younger. But I'll do it. And you ain't got a point at her, honey, because I got some stuff for you too. I just don't want to embarrass them. I know my dad don't want me to embarrass you in front of everybody. You better behave. You better straighten up. Otherwise, you're going to get whipped with many stripes. Those who know do good and don't get whipped with many stripes. Right? So, so we have responsibility to love people for where they are. If we're going to be one in Christ, for those who really love God with all your heart, and you said Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you have got to tell Satan, Satan, get behind me. You're no longer going to use me as a vehicle, man, to help destroy other people. Not this. The day is the last day. From this day forward, from this day forward, I'm going to represent him in school, on the playground, on the basketball court, on the football field, wherever I'm going to always represent you. Because we really are one in him. Amen. Here's what Jesus said, and I'm wrapping up. Here's what Jesus said. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as thou father and are, are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That the world, everybody says that the world, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Right? How's the world going to know that God really sent them? Only by what you do. How do the people that don't know God know that God really sent Jesus? By the way you act. And the way you treat your parents. And the way you treat your spouse. And the way you treat your kids. And the way you treat your classmates. The way you your colleagues, the way you treat people in the store. Everybody's in stress. We just come out of the pandemic. Everybody's stressed. But there's no excuse for you not to represent Christ. Everybody stand to your feet. Let's bow heads. If you don't know that God loves you, I'm here to remind you today that he loves you with everything inside of you.
and that he sent his son into the world, that through him, man, that you may help change the world. I want to offer Jesus to you today. I want to offer his philosophy, his ideology, his teachings. I want to offer everything about him to you. And if it's anything that he did that you don't think is right, show me and I'll walk away from it all. I believe in my heart that everything he represented was about loving other people. And his whole mission was to get you to come into relationship with him so we can change the world. He wanted us to have dominion, and he gave us his Holy Spirit to help us rule. Dear Lord, we ask you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and what he done at Calvary, we ask, Lord, that you would come into the hearts of every single person in this place. For those who know who you are, we ask you, Lord, to make yourself even more available to them. Be more present in their life. Lord, for those who are far from you, who don't know who you are, we ask you to touch us, to know you and as close to you, and give us the boldness and the courage to be able to go to them and show your love to them. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power and the salvation. It's the thing that's going to change them. So, Lord, give us the courage to share the gospel in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your commitment to us. Thank you for everyone, these young people, those who don't know who you are. They have no idea who you are. They just come, some to church just because the parents told them to come, but you told us to train up a child in the way he should go. We ask you, Lord, to reveal to them, let your presence be made known to them. But we ask you to reveal to them real gently who you are so they won't be ashamed of you and they definitely won't misrepresent you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Get a little hand clap. I want to challenge, I want to challenge, I want to challenge you all. I want to challenge you all to really, man, make a commitment to God in your finances. Uh, a lot of people really, really don't, we make a commitment sometime in our life, but when it comes to our finances, we're not making a commitment. We can't do kingdom work, man, without you. Hey, you got to trust God and give him a portion back. He said, I give it back to you. Give me as you press down, shake and get them, run over. He said, man will give unto your bosom. God will bless people to bless you. Some of you guys, God is blessed to give you great jobs, phenomenal jobs, and he asks you to make sure, don't forget, to give a portion back to him so ministry can be done. We can't do ministry without you. Right? So we ask you all to give 10%, 5%, 1%, whatever you can give, but you got to make a sacrifice. Let it be a sacrifice. Right? Don't tip God if you don't want him to tip you. Amen? But whatever God put on your heart, right, the word says he'll give it back to you. Good measure, press down and shake it together. He'll give it back to you. You have what you have because he blessed you with it. Amen. All right. Lord, bless the offering. Bless those who have to give. Those who have not, um, 
the resource they think we have not, because they have it. They just don't want to trust you with it. So we ask you, Lord, to give them the, the confidence and to believe and trust in you. And then show them how you can be a blessing to them. Like you've been blessed through their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents. Thank you, Lord. And as we leave this place, never your presence, keep your Holy Spirit around us. Let it be with us and in us. Let us represent you in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful, magnificent day.